You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to After The Show. Hello. Are you just talking to me? Are you talking to all the 72 people who are listening? 17 and 2 is 19. No, 72. Oh, probably more like 19. <laughs> no, that's not true. Easily more than 19. So what is the before the after the show discussion? Mm, it wasn't really discussion. Just kind of like you never-endingly talking about Marvel stuff. That's true. I love that's Marvel true. stuff. I'm you do. Good. I had to kind of zone out. <laughs> I am a fan of Marvel stuff. You are. It is Saturday, June the 19th. This is after the show number 742. We're a movie review podcast. And this week's movie that we're looking at, talking of Marvel stuff, is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's a 2022 movie. Releases on Blu-ray on July the 26th. So that's quite a way off, actually. Mm -hmm. But you can get it on streaming or Disney Plus right now. It's PG-13. And it's from our friends at Disney and Marvel, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What's this with the weird podcast cadence you have all of a sudden? Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. I was trying to breathe. It was a lot to say. <laughs> what am I telling you? It's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yet another episode in the Marvel Universe, starring Doctor Strange. I mean, I don't know how much I need to explain. All right, I'll give you the real one. Doctor Strange teams up with a mysterious teenage girl from his dreams who can travel across the multiverse to battle multiple threats, including other universe versions of himself, which threaten to wipe out millions across the multiverse. They seek help from Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, Wong, and others. I don't love that they said she's the teenage girl from his dreams. <laughs> that sounds really... I mean, if they said of his dreams... It you mean like that weirder. teenage dream song by Katy Perry? I don't even know, but it sounds a bit weird when you say it like that, but that's... It's that accurate. does sound a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Thoughts are strange is dreaming about teenage girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one in particular. <laughs> yeah, awkward. Awkward. That would be an awkward movie. Anyway, this movie, what did it's you think? It's not that. It was fun. I had a good time. The, the end. end. The end. I understand that this is a movie in a world that is created to crank out movies to get people to pay to watch movies. That's fine. The quality is there. It's an ongoing, never-ending thing of the same thing over and over, because that's what it is. You've got your superheroes and the bad people. And this one, Wanda is both, but whatever. I mean, she's not both in this one, but she has been considered both. And somebody's has trauma and they're being a villain and someone else has trauma and they're trying to be the good person and shit blows up. And in this one, we get lots of weird, cool. I love seeing all the different multiverses. So it's just like a feast for the eye, but not for the brain, which is fine. Yeah, I think you could apply that to all the Marvel movies. Possibly. I have to think about them all. I think the DC movies are a bit more... 
they're they're not brain food either. Don't kid yourself. Well, I do think like the Batman that we just watched was a little bit more. No, I think it's darker. That doesn't mean it's thoughtful. Anyway, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If you're not paying attention and you've not been watching Marvel for the last how long? 12 years? 13 years? Long time. The multiverse is the new thing that's just cracked open, literally. And what it means is, Sid Talk, explain it. Who's listening to this podcast who doesn't know what multiverse means? I'm sure there are many. You think there's one and I'm the person to explain it? Okay. The multiverse is this, an invention so that when they were writing comic books, they could write more comic books and sell more comic books. And <laughs> what it is, is that the idea of a multiverse, which is also discussed by actual scientists in the real world, strangely enough, that with every single decision we make, Somehow in the whole of all of the universes, if I decide to go left or right, if I go right, then somewhere that branches off and there is a universe somewhere in all of existence of the cosmos where I went the other direction and everything that follows from that split second on is different. Like the world turns out different. Now that means that layer upon layer upon layer of the billions and trillions and countless decisions we're all making every single second of every single day, is splitting off into just constant, constant, constant multiverses. And so in the superhero world, that means you've got multiple Doctor Stranges and multiple villains and multiple Wandas and multiple New York Cities. How that happens, I don't know. But I mean, it's a comic book invention, I guess. Maybe it's from real... I don't know who started it, the comic book or the real science people. I have no idea. But that's what we're talking about. So that means there can be a portal... From our little existence into other existences where, for example, if you go zip through to another universe, everything could be pink. Everyone might be gray skin. Um, Doctor Who might be... Or Doctor Who. <laughs> they don't bring Doctor Who into it, but I mean... No, Sherlock. In the <laughs> world that, you know, in the Marvel universe, what was it once? There's zombies everywhere and there were giant zombies and then in another world... In the ones in this one, there was one where she passes through a universe where everything's made of, like, paint. Yeah. Like a squishy paint. Like, what the, what the fuck There's one that? where everything's a cube as well. Like, yes. made up out of cubes. Like 8-bit or, like, what's cube. the name of that game? Yeah. I know what you're talking yes. about. Yes. Yeah. Minecraft? Yes. Yeah. Everything looks like that. So, how that, see, how would that happen? I don't know. But it's a fun little tool to use. To give you different backdrops and then to be able to have an out. Because if you write a story where a big dude snaps his fingers and half of everybody disappears from all existence. And then you want to fix it. You're going to have to find a way to fix it. And it might involve being able to go to another universe to do another thing. And do some time travel and wobbly wibbly stuff like they do in these Do you feel, as we keep going through the Marvel and through the multiverses, etc., do you think it will eventually fix the Thanos thing? It has been fixed. Because it hasn't, has it? Because, I mean, it has, but yeah. there was still... No, it's been fixed. Everybody's back. They solved that problem. They are, but everybody's in trauma and everybody's always talking about it. Remember those five years? Blah, blah, blah. I think that's fair. You can't fix Do you that. Think you we can't could make fix it everything. not have happened, I don't think. That's, that's what I was getting at. No. Maybe. Eventually. I mean, you could do anything. I'll be honest, I don't care. I think we should move on from the Thanos thing and just keep dealing with all the new bad guys and bad gals and whatever. You know what would be the ultimate thing? You'll hate it, but I like it. (laughs) Is 
there's another multiverse where Thanos is still around and then he gets up to his old ways again, but worse, you know? Again. So that means he didn't do it because he's not the same Thanos. A different so one that's something. worse than that one. Right. Maybe he's maybe he just wants to click Why his fingers. Why would you want to have the same story again? Well, that's how comics work. I know this isn't a comic. This is And this isn't the same story because this Thanos will be worse. He wants to click it and kill everything. That's fine. It's the same. A bad guy needs to be resolved by the good guys. It's all the same. That doesn't mean it isn't entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Well, um, this but it can be a bit boring at times when it's like, oh, we're regurgitating. Although Wanda's story is a little more interesting because as a villain, the cause of her being bad, like Thanos's cause... Is like he's just a big bad dude, and I don't remember how he was raised. It doesn't sound good wherever he was from, and all that shit. It means a a warrior kind of a race or something. I don't remember, but ultimately he's traveled so much around the universe that he just sees too much pain and suffering and destruction. And his motivation to get rid of half of everything is to reset because there's just too much. There's too many people. There's too many creatures living everywhere on all the planets. We're destroying everything. We have to just reset. Now, that sounds noble, almost, except that it's terrible, right? So Wanda's motivation is that she's brokenhearted, first of all, because Vision, who was her man, slash robot, slash, what is he? Robot? Well, no, he's he not was, a robot. He's he more was of a... AI yeah. invented by Tony Stark. Then he put him into a body. I mean, he was just a disembodied voice in the whole of the computer system that he had. Then he went into like a body, mm -hmm. then became like his own separate sentient being. She fell in love with him. Bad things happened. <laughs> Visions had a hard time, we'll say. And then uh, she just emotionally has to compensate. She's got magical powers that can destroy so much but all she wants is the moments back with her man and then these children that she's invented in her mind kind of thing that's all she wants is to be happy like actually be happy in life and so she does all of this terrible stuff in aid of getting back to her children who don't actually exist so that's an interesting twist thanos's was interesting it's not like they want to rule the universe or anything you know yeah, and the Wanda story, it helps if you watched WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, which we did. And WandaVision's really good. Yeah, because most of her story takes place in that. If you just watch the Avengers movies, you don't really get to know a lot about her. But you really do in that show. And then if you skip to this movie, I think you're right. It isn't reasonable that you have to watch it all, but by now they think you will be watching it all. Yeah. And to get the full story about Wanda and actually have sympathy for her on some level. Yeah. And then also be pissed off because she's being such a total fucking bitch. <laughs> like, you're like, Wanda, <laughs> this isn't you. Wanda, Wanda, step down off the ledge, girl. Right? You're like, no, 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 we want you to be good because you have it in you. But we're seeing her be terrible. Like, yeah. she's terrible. So you, I think you do need to see that whole show to kind of fill in all the gaps. And there. that show is one of the best things they've created, I think. It was really good. Yeah, it's one of my favorite of all the shows. So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, what I really liked about it, really moves. Like from the opening sequence, it's just craziness the entire time. Right? It is, yeah. It never really stops, only stops sometimes 
to give you a load of information, like an information dump. It's like blah, 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 and then straight into some more action. But I mean, it was action. I feel like 95% of it was, yeah, it was pretty hefty. action, more so than any of the other movies I've watched. And it's kind of crazy out there comic book action. They don't take a grounded approach with this. It's crazy. It's, at the beginning, for instance, there's a big, what is that thing that they're fighting in the street? Um, like a like starfish? A, maybe. Octopus? Who else <laughs> had a starfish? Yeah, they had a starfish in the end of the Suicide Squad, which is very true. similar to this. It was like a giant eyeballed octopus. Sli- it was an octopus because it had suckers on its feet. Right. Legs, whatever. Yeah, and it's Tentacles. really outlandish and everything's super crazy in this movie, including when we do have the short sequence of them going through different multiverse places. It's really bizarre. I wish we would have spent some more time in some of these other places, even if it was just a little bit. Because what ultimately is called Multiverse of Madness, but how many places do we really... We're really in two places, right? Mostly. We're in the... Three. Yeah. 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 I know it's a movie and they can't just keep swapping places out. Because we did watch another Multiverse movie recently. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. And that kind of focused on a three or four... They're was, like, we want you to be under the impression that there are lots of universes. There's millions of them, but <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to be very smallly focused in this little area. This is the first Marvel movie I was just reading to be labeled as a horror movie. It's actually under action slash horror in the official like listings. I don't agree it's a horror movie. Oh, no. It is made by Sam Raimi, and it does. it is a bit more kind of down that horror route than they have ever gone before. You know, the image of Elizabeth Olsen with the blood on half of her face is quite horrific looking. And she's evil. And she's coming for you. And there's a sequence in the middle where there's a lot of murdering going on. Yes. In a very shocking way as well. I was like, this is happening? What? (laughs) And then, oh, it's happening again? Oh, 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 oh. And I was like, wow, these Marvel films are getting a bit more adult let's say but i mean kids can still watch it because it's not a bloodbath i mean captain america gets chopped in half by her own shield but you know we don't see it yeah you you, just know you just have to yeah you see the sideways motion let's say and you see the thing completely covered with blood and guts yeah but it's not you know evil dead let's say even though it's by sam raimi but it is a bit darker than you might be used to from these movies and i like that i was almost wishing like, in the future, we might go full, like, horrific bloodbath craziness in maybe an R rated. Well, actually, they're remaking Blade. Maybe that could be the... You I mean, know. Blade's vampire hunting. That should be bloody and gross. So. I mean, it should, and it was, wasn't it? The old one with Wesley Snipes was. Mm-hmm. It was really gross. Like, it was arms and legs flying off. And they're going to do MCU Blade. I'm hoping that isn't, like, a sanitized version of Blade. Because... Blade's all about the blood, isn't it? Like you just said, vampire. Can't have a vampire without blood. Was there anything you disliked about this movie? I don't understand how a person or group of people, I'm sure it's very collaborative, can write a story about a woman who is Wanda, who has these magical powers, and her motivation is to get the power that the young lady has to skip from one multiverse to another. That's the whole objective here. Because she wants to go to a place where her children still exist. Okay. Rewind. 
Ooh. she invented she invented and magicked up from magic <laughs> two children, two sons that she was raising in her fantasy when she lost her vision. Then she created this whole world where Vision and her two children were there and she was just perfectly happy, like all things are happy, happy, happy. Well, something, well, whatever happened in that particular movie and in that show, well, it was a show, wasn't it, when they brought yeah. her back down to Earth Wonder and then Vision. it all got erased. I mean, her sons got erased because they weren't real. But out in the universes, it seems there are multiple Wandas and multiple Wandas have the same sons which I would presume are also created from magic. Yeah. Right? Imagination, even. Imagination, or somehow magicked up. But for some reason in this story, and it could end after about five minutes, the movie, because her motivation is to jump to all the different universes to find a place where her sons exist. She can then basically murder the Wanda who is there. That's... She doesn't say that, but someone mentions, like, well, what are you going to do about the the mother that's there, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Murder that mother and then be the mom to two of her sons that exist somewhere else. Well, she's fucking magic. She can sit where she's on her little weird plot of land where she's got all these creepy witchy trees growing and shit and just make two more sons. If you're making a universe in a comic book or in a movie world where all the shit can happen, then Wanda could sit down, do her little yoga pose and float in the air and be like shazam shazam i've got two sons again like that's all it takes i'm thinking that the entire movie why is she going to all these lengths killing all these people trying to get to all these universes when she can just make them herself we have no explanation in this universe in our universe on our earth of why she can't just snap her fingers and but there's her sons again we have no explanation for that so that bugged me the entire time. I wonder what the explanation is for that, because I didn't no. even think of it. I mean, think about it, though. Her motivation, it does makes no sense. They're magic. She didn't even explain. And well, she's the po most powerful spiritual creature in all of the universes. She is the Scarlet Witch. She and she is bad in this movie. Yeah, and she can do anything. She's so I found that to be like, did anyone at a meeting ever go, hmm, how do we explain that? She can't just make a couple of sons. Like, anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Let's just all ignore that. Because she did in WandaVision, even. <laughs> exactly. She created them from nothing. It just the energy of her magic was able to create them. And then when that all came tumbling down, they just disappeared, I suppose. I don't remember exactly what happened to them, but... At the end of WandaVision, the town disappeared. Mm -hmm. She apologized to them. To all the people. And then she just went off and lived in a cabin on her own. And right, but her sons, book. that was, I don't remember, I, did they just fade away? They, just, they weren't remember. there, they just faded away, yeah. Right. And then she went off to read that book on her own, and then she became bad. Yeah, there's a bad book in this. There's the, the bad book spell and the good book spell. Yeah. And if you watch WandaVision, you would understand. I feel like if you don't watch all the stuff... This might not make sense. Yeah, this one is one of those, unfortunately. <laughs> but at the beginning, you feel like you're playing catch up immediately because, like, this the opening sequence is a dream sequence with a brand new character who is major, who you don't know who it is. And I was like, "Have we missed something?" Because I don't know who that is. Did, were you in the same? No, not at all. I well, I was like, "Who's this girl?" Why would you think that? This is Marvel. I thought you just we'd miss go something. into it, and you just. Ride the wave. Yeah. 
But it, I, other than the thing bugging me the whole time. <laughs> but I did feel like at the beginning, and they do try and like dump a lot of stuff on you at the beginning. And it's mostly for people who are not up to date, I think. Because it's like, this is the rules. This is what we can do. This is a setup for later, i.e. the dead body under the rubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it all seemed to kind of... That was pretty fun. Yeah, there are some really cool things in this movie. And like I said, horror type stuff, zombies. If you watch What If... There's the, one zombie. The um, Marvel Disney Plus show animated. There was a whole episode dedicated to What If Marvel characters were zombies. And they get to play with that here again, but in a live action way. And it was, I thought that was really cool. It was fun. Yeah. And the baddie, which is Wanda in this case, is awesome, I think. I think there was moments where she was awesome where I was like, it's not awesome because she's like Darth Vader, really. Yeah, she? she's, she's terrible, but she... She plays it well. Yes. Yeah. You know when she said to him, if this thing doesn't go well, you won't be dealing with Wanda anymore. You'll be dealing with the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. That moment there was like where I was like, oh, she's turned she's turned the corner completely. We're done. It's all going to go horrible from now on. It's not just pretend murdering. She murders a lot of people. Yeah. She has a big battle. You can't snap your fingers and bring them all back. No. There's people falling everywhere. There's, you know. Snapping the neck. <gasps> she killed Jean-Luc Picard. What Spoiler. If, what if it's... <laughs> why, why is Star Trek in there? Oh, yeah, the multiverse. The Star I'm Trek I'm telling multiverse. you. Captain, whatever his name. What's his name? Pres- Z- Professor. Xavier. Pres- yeah. Yeah. Professor X. Yeah, Professor X. Is in a device. And if you look up <laughs> the episode where... In Star Trek, the original, where the original Pike is in like a device where he rolls in because he's like brain dead, but he's connected to this. He's not brain dead, but he can't move. He's connected to this thing that looks like a Dalek, basically, just like Jean-Luc Picard was in this one. And he rolls in and he has to like do these lights to answer questions like one light or two light or whatever. That's what this thing was. And here he come riding up and he's Jean-Luc Picard, Captain in the thing that Pike was in, it was so weird. It was like crossing too many streams. And two um, seats down from him is the new Pike from the new show. I wouldn't have known that, though, so that was irrelevant to me. Well, I'm just telling you that's yeah. what was happening. Crossing more streams. They were definitely crossing the streams. I mean, the Fantastic Four have not shown up in the MCU. Mm-mm. But all of a sudden, there's one of them. Or a new a new member of them. Well, well he's the guy. With it's the Reed Richards, but yeah. it's John Krasinski playing him. The guy from the office. Yeah, and you're like, wow, oh, this in is... a quiet place. And there's Peggy Carter as Captain Carter, and you know, it's. I like that sequence. I was like, this is awesome because I said to you at the beginning of the movie, when you watch all of Marvel stuff, there's often times where things start to pay off. You know, when I watched one, the whole of One Division, this makes more sense because of that. Yeah, and you would need to watch. What if? Yes. To understand who Captain Carter is, even. Correct. Right. And the idea that in the different multiverses, universes out there, that the person we know as Captain America or Captain Marvel or whoever is not going to be the person. Because the choices that were made in that to lead to that universe are different. Yeah. So it turns out to be a different person. Might be a character you knew from your thing, but it's they've turned into Captain America or they've turned into whoever. So when you go into that what if show at the beginning, you're thinking, well, all they're doing here is saying, what if Captain America wasn't the one who went, who got changed to Captain America? 
And you think they're just doing a what if thing, but no, what they're actually really doing is, hey, multiverse, you haven't thought of that at that point, but they're just telling you different versions of what you know, right? Including yeah. towards the end of what if, it kind of all becomes apparent, but you might have skipped that because it's just an animation show. I was going to say, have we said that it's actually just a, we, some people would still call it a cartoon, but it's animated. Yeah. And it's called What If, and it's on Disney Plus, and there's like 12 episodes, and it it's part of the MCU. It's like part of it, you know? It's not like a side story. It's cool. I liked it. And they do stuff in it which they could never really do, like zombies. Mm-hmm. Well, they could. Giant zombies. They could, because we've had Ant-Man be giant and yeah. stuff, so. Oh, yeah, they had a giant. That's why he was a giant zombie. Yeah, It was true. Ant-Man, zombified. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, that's the thing to go and see. It's cool. So let's move on to the cast here. Benedict Cumberbatch reprises his role as Stephen Strange slash Doctor Strange. What did you think? As always, he just commands his whatever he's doing. He's fine. He's uh, funny-ish, but he's funny in that awkward, like, nerdy way. So that's good because that's who he is. I think Doctor Strange is a hard thing to pull off because it's like on the fine line between cool and, like, really stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yep. but, he, but he kind of like reins it in and keeps it like on the on the line of it being, because he is wisecracking one-liner type things. But then when he has to be serious and being serious with a cloak that is alive on the back of you <laughs> and, you know, doing crazy, like his move is like moving his hands like he's doing nothing. Yeah. It could come across ridiculous, but I think he pulls it off. Elizabeth Olsen, she's my favorite thing in this whole thing. Wanda Maximoff. What do you think? Always good. I mean, she embodies that character. When we first met that character in like Age of Ultron, I think it was, I didn't think the character was very good. Do you remember with her brother and stuff? When we first, very first met her. Yeah, we were just introduced to how they'd been tortured yeah. and tested on and stuff. And, and it, she had I was a very like, strong well, accent, if you remember. They did, which completely disappeared. disappeared right? Yeah. But I didn't really like them. I was like, oh, what, what the hell are we going to do with them? But then WandaVision changed the whole thing for me with her. Well, obviously Endgame as well, but we've got Chuajel Ijafor as Baron Mordo, and he's from Doctor Strange 1, which is quite a long time ago, so I'd forgot he was in it. I did too. I don't remember that thing at all. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem, isn't it, when you've seen so much Marvel stuff and there's huge gaps in between the movies, like six years between Doctor Strange 1 and 2. It's hard to, like, remember what you've seen. Oh, so what you're saying is you're not a true fan. Well, I would have to watch Doctor Strange 1 before this to get the whole story. So I would probably suggest that because there's a whole thing with them two that you wouldn't... Were you going, oh, who, what, meh? I don't remember him at all, so that tells you how much I was paying attention to Doctor Strange. Well, he was major in that one. (laughs) I know, but I don't watch (laughs) them like you do. I have very specific entertainment things that stick in my mind and many things that do not we've got benedict wong as wong what do you think always good always like committed to being who he is i feel like we've seen him in quite a few marvel movies now even if it's not was he in shang chi i think so yeah we he keeps cropping up in this one he was he was actually a major part of it because Mm -hmm. some of the stuff wouldn't have happened without him but he did get sidelined a bit, I thought. Especially on the side of that mountain. <laughs> literally? <laughs> yeah, literally sidelined. Can you pronounce this lady's name? Because I'm going to ruin it. It begins with an X, so it's very hard. 
think it's Dochiti Gomez. That sounds good. Dochiti. I think X might be a TH kind of sound, but I'm not, or an STH. I'm not sure. Right. So she's the new character, America Chavez, who is an extremely powerful character, if you think about it. Mm hmm. But, you know. She, she can open a portal to different universes in the multiverse. And apparently, she's the only one. Yeah, but she doesn't, at the beginning, she's got no control over this skill. Apart from, she says, when she gets angry, it happens. So no, that's when she gets very afraid. Afraid. So kind of like the Hulk, he didn't have any control either. I was thinking of the Hulk with the angry. Mm. But I feel like she got to grips with it towards the end, right? And uh, we definitely... Yeah, like instantly when they told her she could, she could, and then she did. And that was it. We're definitely going to see her again. I mean, it's her skill seems too important to me. She's a fun character, for sure. Yeah, I liked how she played her. And then I put down also Hayley Atwell as Captain Carter. That Captain Carter, um, I loved her in What If? And I was like, I really want to see a live-action version of that. And you do get to see it for a minute, maybe, at the most. Yeah, not much. But I did like what they did with the outfit and the... It's a. It's obviously appeals to me. It's a Union Jack suit and a Union... Instead of an American shield, it's a Union Jack shield. And it looks really cool. But unfortunately... <clears throat> yeah. You know. The shield does her in. <laughs> <laughs> this is directed by Sam Raimi. He directed... Evil, really? No kidding. <laughs> Evil Dead, Spider-Man, Dark Remember that before the after the show discussion when I said all you were doing was talking about this? That's what you were talking about was Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi this, Sam Raimi that, and he did this, and he did that. And he put his car in here, and he did that, and he directed it. So it was all Sam... It was the pre-Sam Raimi show. Drag me to hell. <laughs> He's made a lot of movies. I'm yes. a giant fan. Evil Dead was one of the first horror movies I really saw. It stuck with me. I think it is fantastic. Good influence as a child or as a teenager. I yes. Yeah, probably shouldn't have been watching it, but I did. And then when Evil Dead 2 came around, I'm still the biggest fan of the first one, but the second one like took it. You know, up a notch. And then the third one was insane. Up a notch. Oh, it is. And then the third one was insane. I remember <laughs> seeing that third one in the cinema and it had that different ending on it. You know, there's two endings to it. I saw it with the ending that you don't normally see. Don't know why that was on it. But then later when I saw it on VHS and it had a different ending again, I was like, what the hell? What am I supposed to believe here? <laughs> And then they made a TV show of it that lasted for three seasons that was awesome. That was really good. Yeah. So Evil Dead, it's got a soft spot in my heart. Love it. I like his Spider-Man movies, actually. They might be a bit dated now, right? Uh, definitely. Very of the time. There wasn't superhero movies at that time, and that was it. They, those were the big movies. Uh, Drag Me to Hell, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Awesome movie, if you like craziness in horror. That's it. So what did you think of Sam Raimi here in this movie? Same as always. Almost same as always. Now nah, he's had a couple of bad ones. Bad-ish ones, I should say. For me, anyway. What? You mean Wizard of Oz? I reckon. And there was another one. What other? There was another one that was like, meh. He's fine. He has his thing. It's very obvious that he doesn't take everything super seriously. He loves movies. He loves being goofy. He stuck Bruce Campbell in there being goofy as hell. Yep. I mean, as long as they're committed and it was all the way through, it wasn't trying to be super dark and serious or super, like... Dopey. Well, no, like, um, we're taking this as, you know, hardcore, end of the world kind of stuff. It was more like 
set right exactly where with enough comedy and enough levity mixed in with the the threats and the danger. Which is exactly what the Evil Dead series kind of did. It was horrific, but then on the other side, like, very funny. I mean, to be fair, the Deadites don't seem that threatening. I don't know. I was always shit scared of them as a kid. Well. (laughs) He uses all these tricks, all the Sam Raimi tricks you can think of. Zooming cameras, like cameras on like boards flying across the floor, like shooting upwards. References to lots of other movies. Yes. Everything you can think of that he has in his trick, his tool book, it's all there. Tool book? Is that, no, tool box. <laughs> well, for him, tool book. Yeah, would he does be like, like a yes. Book. He likes his books, for yeah. sure. And there's also, if you look very closely, his Oldsmobile is in there. I mean, you don't have to look that closely. It's right there in the middle of the screen. It's right? literally dangling in the middle of, <laughs> hanging in the air in the middle of a street. Yes. So yeah, your Sam Raimi stuff is in there. Check. IMDb reviews, what are those? Those are reviews of the movies we're watching on the internetmoviedatabase.com where you find one stars and then you read them out to the masses who haven't taken the time to go look them up themselves. And what we find is... There's a couple of classics, and I mean, they're becoming endeared. There's one that usually says, waste of time. One that might say, worst movie ever. We'll see if you've got Uh, one of those coming up. Here we go. Number one, worst movie ever from Marvel. (laughs) Well, I feel like a prognosticator. He says, being a diehard Marvel fan, I feel shame in recommending this movie to any of my friend. He only has one friend. friend. The gore content in the movie is very disturbing for young generation, even when they are 15 or 14. (laughs) The whole film felt like a third-class, poorly-directed horror movie from Cheap Production House. Please stop this torture, Marvel, and stop making awfully bad. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Number two. Terrible. This was by far the worst Marvel movie so far. The plot was all over the place, bringing in all the characters that had no purpose. I wish we could just stop trying to create Avengers within the Avengers. You're just ruining it. Fair enough. And finally, number three says, Total garbage. It was not good. I thought The Eternals was awful, but this is much, much worse. (laughs) Who bringing out that card? There was no redeeming qualities, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone on the Earth. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always the multiverse. Yeah. Right? So, All right, so extras. There are a bunch of extras, actually. We've got the streaming version. There's deleted scenes. There's an audio commentary by Sam Raimi. There are lots of different um, featurettes introducing America Chavez, constructing the multiverse, method to the madness. There's a lot of stuff there. And a gag reel, if you love gag reels. So extras, check. Conclusion, let's give this a score. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I'm going with 7 as well. All right. High quality. Fun at the movies. Don't forget, the movies are sometimes to have fun. Not always, (laughs) but sometimes. And this one is a fun afternoon of watching. So thank you to Disney and Marvel. Next week, we'll review another movie. Movie recommendations. Easy for me this week. Evil Dead Trilogy. I'm going to sneak three movies in there. Whoa. Breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. And one of my favorite Sam Raimi movies, 
that not a lot of people have probably watched. It's called A Simple Plan with Billy Bob Thornton. It is a fantastic... You think not a lot of people watched that? I don't think it was very successful. I think it was. You think? Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton and... Who else? I don't know, but it was... Game Over, man. That guy. Bill Paxton. Yeah, Paxton. It's a really cool what if. Kind of. It's a lot like Fargo, let me say. Mm -hmm. But a great movie. A simple plan. And mine are from the 90s, as I've been doing for 2022, starting with, I mean, I think I'm up in 94, 95-ish. These aren't movies that have anything to do with this movie. There's no quality check on these. They just, I've seen them, and here you go. Forrest Gump. I'm going to say I think it's really overrated. Decent. But that's just me. Wyatt Earp. It was fine. Heavenly Creatures, one of your faves. I like that one. True, Li- True Lies, which I have seen, but I don't remember it being as great as everyone Fantastic. thinks it was. And The Client, which was one of those John Grisham, I believe. Didn't and it watch might it. be where, um, what's his name? Tommy e- Lee Jones. Ethan Hawke was a kid in that one. I oh, think. really? I think so. Is Susan Sarandon in The Client? Oh, she might be. That's who I see when I see the poster possibly in my Good head. Day. Yeah. Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing one game this week. Hot Shot Racing. You might have seen some of this, Sid Talk. It's a racing game. Modern. Like, I mean, it was made this year, last year. And it's done in the style of a 1990s arcade racer. So it's like flat shaded polygons. You remember when all games used to look like that? They had no detail on the cars. They were just like flat colors. So that's the style of it. It looks like a 1990s arcade cabinet, but it's got modern controls like drifting and it's 60 frames per second. So it's really smooth, unlike those old games. And, you know, it's got your standard modes and you can upgrade your cars and there's a career that you go through. I actually found it from the new PlayStation Plus service, which has like 700 games for you to play. And I was rooting through it, and I went into the racing section and just downloaded a bunch of racing games. And I said to you, I wouldn't ordinarily have bought a game like that, but when it's there that you can play it, like with your subscription, it kind of encourages you to play some stuff that you might not have played. And I'm really enjoying it. It's cool. So Nice. That's Hot Shot Racing. It's on PlayStation Plus, and I believe it is also on Xbox Game Pass. So there's no excuse not to play it. Sid Talk, <laughs> what's for dinner? Well, we're going to have some kind of pizza. So there's a gas station up the street. Yes, gas station. I'm not a snob about my pizza. Who make homemade pizzas there or whatever they do? It's, like, it's not a Casey's, but like that. I'm going to check that out. If it looks dodgy, as you would say, uh, then I will get mod pizza, which we actually really enjoy. Mod pizza is very good. And the reason I'm telling you is because we're vegetarian and people still ask me the question, oh, what? What do you eat? Pizza. That's all we eat, pizza. <laughs> pizza, sandwiches, pasta, more pasta, rice dishes, Chinese food, Mexican food, Italian Hello food. Hello Fresh meals. Hello Fresh meals that are amazing of every any culture of any kind, of any foods, anything edible on the whole fucking planet. That is not a dead animal. I'm not opposed to that. I ate dead animals for 40 years. Do what you want. I'm not an animal rights activist. We're not vegan. We're not like in the life. You know, it's not a philosophy. It was just for a health thing at the beginning. And now it's been 12 years or it was 2009. So we're going on 13 years. 
And that's it. And so, yeah, there's other things to eat. Um, I am medically obese. And so, yeah, I'm not withering away. I'm not just eating lettuce every day, even though I love lettuce. I eat my fair share of things um, like, oh, there's a lemon meringue pie in the fridge. <laughs> so we'll be having that later. And next week we're going, this is not sponsored, but we're going to try a new meal service called Sun Basket. Mm. And uh, it does really cool vegetarian meals. So see. We only try ones when we can get them really cheap, just so you know. Yeah. We're not bougie. No. <laughs> if it's got like a 50% off, we'll go, yeah, we'll try that. Or 75%. That's what I'm always going for. <laughs> I think this might have been. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we'll give that a try and let you know. And my advice is... Um, Did I ask for your advice? I'm giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well enough. I don't need to be asked. I will volunteer it. Working with my, my gardening adventure as I'm learning to grow things and whatnot. I have lots of tomato plants currently, maybe about 40 or so out there in buckets and in spots in the garden where or the yard, which I call the yard and which a lot of people, you can't grow a tomato there. You know, whatever. I just do whatever I want. But occasionally you get a thing called blossom end rot. Blossom end rot is at the bottom of the little tomato where the blossom, as the tomato forms, the blossom is still stuck at it and then it comes off. But then it gets like a little weird brown black spot. And that's because the roots aren't able for a multiple kinds of multiverse of reasons why it cannot pull up enough calcium to help make the fruit or part of making the fruit and healthy. All right. So that's fine. That's gardening. There's uh, lots of ways you can fix it. The main one is to give it some gardening lime, which I went out and asked the guru guy at the Mennonite store, the guy who owns it, and he does all the greenhouse, all the gardening. You know, he's Mr. Garden Master. What would you put on for Blossom End Rot? Oh, we get it all the time, he says. So I use this, and he showed me what he used, and I bought some of it, and I used it. We'll see if that works, you know, for the rest of the summer. So the lesson here is, <laughs> it's not about gardening. But where in life there is rot, right? Something rotting in... You mean like a dead person? Mm, it could be a dead person. It could be a dead rat. It could be a relationship. It could be the way you feel about something, the way your work dynamic is in, the, in your workplace, that it feels rotten, like rotten, like disgusting and rotting and putrid and all that. This, my lesson from the tomato thing is that there's a deficiency of some kind, right? So if there's rot, if you get the rotting body, well, the deficiency is that <laughs> the life is gone. So the oxygen is no longer pumping through the veins of whatever it is that's dead. The heart has stopped pumping. There's a deficiency of all the life-giving things. Therefore, it is done. It is rotting. If it's a relationship, there's going to be a deficiency. Something isn't there. Not that lots of shit's piled on. I think we all try to fix what's what's there and, and shove it off and get rid of it. Like, if you look at these little rotting tomatoes and like, oh, if I just cut off the rotting tomato, problem solved, right? You solve the problem with, like, eliminating something instead of looking to see what's missing. There's always something deficient if something is smelling rotten. That's my lesson to you. You're welcome. This will change your whole life. <laughs> and I say, use Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's adding more to the situation instead of finding the deficiency yet again. And this is not sponsored. Point. You're proving my point that adding something where there's actually a deficiency that you're not solving, you're just adding something that is not deficient. Like the smelling good isn't the problem. 
(laughs) (laughs) The bad smell of the rotting relationship isn't the issue. Talking of smelling good, (laughs) ascully.com smells good. Is that right? I don't know. Is that how you do a link? (laughs) Just say, you know, just say whatever. Say whatever you want. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are social networks that we use. That's just a fact. Did you invent them? Yes. (laughs) You can uh, catch this podcast, acescully.com, anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, wherever podcasts are available. Email me, acescully at acescully.com. Do not email Sid Talk because your email will just end up in another multiverse and she won't read it. Correct. And stay classy, everybody at Marvel, and keep bringing us Marvel stuff. Thank you. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to give you that, but I'm going to say think for yourself for someone's going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>